Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Okay, you're in for a treat. For the next five episodes, you're going to eavesdrop on a conversation between myself and my friend Lydia Mechova from languagementoring.com. And we talk about the principles of language learning. We really take it back to basics and we talk about all of the most important things you need to know when you learn a language. For a lot of you guys, this will be um, repetition. You'll have heard the, a lot of these ideas before. But the thing that I really like about this conversation with Lydia is that we just try to organize it and systematize it so that you've got all of the key things in one place. You are going to almost certainly be reminded of certain things that maybe you already knew, but you're not actually doing. Either way, it's going to serve as a great insight into how Lydia thinks about um, about language learning. And what you'll see during the conversation is that we share a lot of the same approaches and ideas about language learning. So a lot of the things that you hear from Lydia, you will have heard from me before in the past. And the reason that I found this quite interesting during the conversation was that I was kind of able to play devil's advocate a little bit, which gave me the sort of interesting opportunity to almost kind of test my ideas a bit and see how I found myself objecting to to things that I agree with, but here coming from somebody else. So it's very, very interesting. We've broken it down into five parts and each part of the conversation uh, we I will release as a separate podcast. I'll tell you what these these areas are so that you have an idea of what's, of what's coming. We start from the very important principle of taking responsibility for your own learning. This is in part one. In part two, we're going to talk about prioritizing what you do and making time for language learning. Part three is effective language learning activities. So what do you actually do to learn a language? In part four is improving your speaking. And then in part five is talking about successful long-term learning. So not just what do you do to learn now, but how do you actually sustain it into the long term so that the language becomes a part of your life. If you would like to find out more about Lydia, you can go to her website at language learning, uh, sorry, languagementoring.com. And then if you search any of the social medias for language mentoring, you will find Lydia. She's um, got some fantastic content out there herself and also on other people's channels. This is the first time we've done something on I Will Teach You a Language. So I'm uh, super pleased to be able to do that. Uh, I've known Lydia for a long time and uh, it's really great to have the chance to, to sit down properly and talk to her in uh, in such a way that you guys can also listen and benefit from. So I don't think I should really say anything more other than, of course, to thank the sponsors of the show. We wouldn't be here without them. The wonderful iTalkie. You're going to hear Lydia talking about speaking in particular in part four of this series. And one of the easiest, most convenient ways to get speaking practice, of course, is through italki. It's an online service that connects you with teachers, speaking partners, language tutors, anything that has to do with speaking with somebody else, learning from somebody else. And if you'd like to get a free lesson, you can go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. All right, then enough from me. Here is part one of my conversation with Lydia Machova. All right, then. I am here with my good friend, Lydia Machova. Lydia, did I pronounce your name right? 
Yes, that was very correct. Thank you. <laughs> very great. Fantastic. So um, we are about to embark on a Mammoth 5 series, five-part series here, where we are going to dive into um, your approach to language learning, which I think, as we'll, as we'll discover, is both of our approach to language learning. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about all different kinds of um, aspects of language learning, and we're really going to look at your experience uh, teaching and mentoring people, and, um, and yeah, really looking forward to seeing what we uh, what we cover. But before we do that, take a second to um, to introduce yourself so that anybody who's listening or watching can get to know you. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks for having me. First of all, I'm really honoured to be speaking about language learning uh, tips on your channel. So um, I'm Lydia from Slovakia, and I run um, a website called Language Mentoring in which I'm trying not to teach anyone a language because I don't believe in teaching as such, but rather to show people how they can learn a language by themselves. Because I believe this is actually the, the only way to learn a language um, because uh, it takes your own activity and your own way ways of trying to find the perfect method for you. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm based in Slovakia. I run this in Slovakia and also internationally. And before that, I used to be a conference interpreter. That was my previous job. Uh, so I, I've always worked with languages professionally, but now I concentrate on just language mentoring. Yeah, I've seen pictures of you with like Tony Robbins and uh, the, the, what was it, the Prime Minister of Slovakia or the, was it the President of Moscow? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I worked uh, like as a, as a conference interpreter for six years and I got to work with some really interesting people, but that's now a thing of the past because... Uh, I want to I want to help people learn languages so much more than I just want them to understand each other in conferences. Yeah, big Con now. Man, conference interpreting that that could be a whole video conversation by itself, couldn't it? Just uh, it's such a fascinating area, and I think people are really interested. But we're going to stick to uh, to language learning here. Now we've been we've been uh, friends for quite some time. We've uh, hung out together in all all kinds of places. Where have we Where have we uh, Hung out before in Berlin, Tenerife, Tenerife, Slovakia, Brno, Czech Republic. Oh, Brno, yeah. Did you? Were you in Iceland for the Polyglot Conference? Yes, yeah, I was there as well. Slovenia. Yeah, like yeah, five or six countries. I didn't. I never realized it. That's yeah. That's we've, uh, so we we've um, we move in the same circles and, and you know we know each other quite well. But you've never been on the on the podcast, uh, yeah. so I am finally. I'm happy to finally put that um, to to write that wrong, and uh, for, just for clarity for everybody everybody watching or listening to this. So this is going to go out on the I Will Teach You Language podcast and also on YouTube, and probably on the blog as well. Actually, so wherever you prefer to uh, consume your content, uh, it's going to be there. Um, May I just? And, yeah, go ahead. I just want to steal like one second to say hi to all Slovak listeners because I've told so many people about your podcast. I know there's a lot of people from Slovakia, Czech Republic and maybe Central Europe listening to this right now or watching. And I just want to say a lot of people tell me they really love your podcast. Like they not only get a lot of interesting content and tips, but they really love listening to your voice. And honestly, so many people told me, like, you know, he has such a beautiful British accent. And I just, I love listening yeah. to him. And, and sometimes I listen to his podcast before going to sleep. Like, it's, it, he has a very soothing voice. So, anyway, this is a, another great benefit of your podcast to your listeners that you might uh, not even know about, well, right? How, that's very nice to hear. I guess it's the one thing that I can't take any credit for, really. Just, um, you know, 
No, but you need to know how to say things nicely. You know, you could you could be saying them in a very unpleasant tone of voice or whatever. So that's good. I could, I could be saying I could be saying it in a very unpleasant tone of voice. That's right. I don't know. Maybe some of that will come out today in our conversation. We'll see. So this is going to be a conversation in five parts, and and the uh, the the aim here, what we're going to try to do, is to go through the pillars of how Lydia thinks about languages and helps her students. Uh, uh, learn languages um, autonomously, and those five things are. Lydia, do you want to do you want to give us a, a kind of one sentence of each, just to kind of show signpost what we're going to talk about for people? Sure. So the first part will be about like my most important message that I try to give to people, and that is that you can learn a language by yourself. You just need to know a few things, like have a bit of know-how. But it's really important that you take your uh, learning into your own hands that's like really i feel very very passionate about it because so many people get this wrong and and that's why they struggle with languages for many many years cool. um, the second thing i would like to talk about is um, how creating a system can help you enormously on the language learning journey and how i think it's really really crucial because most people think they don't have the time or if they have it they don't know how to organize it so maybe we could talk a bit about that um, and then Many people ask me, so how, how do I do it? How do I um, start learning a language by myself? Especially people who um, have learned the language before, but so they're not complete beginners, but they don't feel um, confident in the language. They cannot really use it. They cannot really speak it. So in that case, I have two really great topics for them, and that's um, speaking, uh, how, to, how to start um, listening and reading first, and then speaking, because I think these are the three most important parts. Uh, of learning a language. And then finally, uh, so what does this whole language learning journey means in the long term? How do you make sure that uh, you can learn a language to a level where you feel really confident and you can use it and it will stick? Because we don't want to just spend a few weeks or months learning and then forget it all. So maybe give a few tips on how how to really learn languages long term. Wonderful. So a lot of these themes are going to be familiar territory. And so what I'm looking forward to in this is just to sort of see these, to see how you, uh, how you personally express and articulate these because, uh, yeah, they're really, really fantastic breakdown. So uh, without any further ado, let's dive in to uh, the first one. What have you got for us for part number part one? Yes. So this is the message. I, I find it so important to always mention it whenever I speak about uh, language learning and, and how is it possible that, you know, so some people can learn uh, languages, even so many languages, like so many people we know uh, from the polyglot community, whereas most of the people struggle with languages all their lives, right? And of course, the obvious, um, the obvious um, answer for many people would be, oh, they are so talented, you know, there's a few really lucky, talented people who can do it, and most of us aren't talented, so we will never get it right. And I think this is really, really wrong. And um, I really believe that Everyone can learn a language by themselves. I mean, what, what, do you, what do you think about this whole talent issue, Ollie? I mean, we, yeah. among polyglots, we usually discuss it. It's like, yeah, they say it about us, but it's not really true, right? I mean, the way I always think about it is that if, let, let's, assume, let's assume for the sake of argument that, I mean, take me, let's, let's assume that I have some kind of natural talent for language learning. Um, even if that's true, if you look at how much I have to work still to learn the language, I mean, you know, it, it is, I don't, I don't think people often realize just how much work is involved, even for somebody who is 
who, who maybe who may be talented at it. So I, I personally think that there might be five percent which you can account for by talent, mm-hmm. but the other ninety five percent is just plain old hard work. Exactly. But people tend to think of it this way, like, but you have those five percent, right? And mm. I don't have them. I don't have the talent. And but yeah, if you if you put it with numbers, like I like this five ninety five. I I like to tell people, yeah, about five to fifteen, maybe. I mean, depending on how talented someone is. But I don't know about you, but I don't see myself as particularly talented to learn languages. Like for example, I don't have an ability to hear sounds any better than most people to differentiate them. My my accent is not really great in in the languages that I speak, but I don't personally mind because. Um, you know, I, I I'm not striving for perfection anyway. But uh, I I don't I think that even people like I I really don't see myself as 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 talented as some people I know who can just hear a few sounds and they repeat them perfectly. Like that's a wonderful talent for sounds. I don't have it myself. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I I sometimes meet people as well who are just ex- extraordinarily gifted. You know, perfect accents. Just- just seem to speak perfectly but you know you're never going to see someone who learns a language without putting in a huge amount of work and and i think you know for people who say to you you know you, you must have this this natural talent i think if they like stood and looked over your shoulder and they saw how much work you put in over time they, <laughs> you know they would they would uh, they would see a very different reality there yeah exactly i like to think of it as if i have if i'm talented in any way then it's the persistence i can put into my language learning but then is persistence a talent or is it really the result of hard work and you know some willpower that you exercise yeah yeah well we'll be getting onto that in the next part so don't give away too much just yet sure sure sure. yeah (laughs) so anyway i think that today we have such amazing opportunities and possibilities uh, to learn languages by ourselves because of the internet and this is something many people don't realize um because when you when you compare it, like someone learning a language back in 1970s, right, or 80s, I mean, if they wanted to learn a language, they needed to find a person who most probably teaches that language and has a lot of resources and then ask them if they could, you know, lend them some books or give them some um, recording recordings of something from a textbook. But you could not really find materials by yourself. But today, you just go on Google, I mean, for any language, you can find grammar charts for Klingon, you know, like anything, really. So um, it's not a question of, oh, there are no resources or, you know, I don't have the resources to learn. I mean, if people just look at your products, what you offer for language learning, it's, it's fascinating, you know, how much materials you've created to help people learn. So it's all out there. It's all online. And the question is just how to use it. Right. So, how do you think about different kinds of materials, though? Because I mean, a lot of people might think, yeah, there's lots of great resources out there for languages, and so they, what they do is they go and download Duolingo, and they and that's a that's your language learning resource, right? So, do you do you group resources in different categories in that way? Um, yes, I mean. People always want the easy way out, right? And Duolingo is the easy way out, but it's not really a way out. It's just a way. (laughs) But it's not a way out of your problem of not knowing the language because um, you need resources which um, I think which guide you uh, through enough of the language material or then if, if it's just a part of it, then you need to make sure you have the other areas covered. So what I mean by that, if you... If you go for Duolingo, it will help you learn some words in the language and play around with them. And and without any doubt, you will learn some words, but it it will never make you speak. 
uh, Duolingo will never teach you how to speak a language because you are not practicing that. And I think this is a very simple principle, but many people don't realize it. You need to practice what you want to learn most. So if my goal in speaking a language, in learning a language, is to speak to native speakers and, and foreigners and to understand them replying, then I need to concentrate most of all on speaking and listening, right? And, and Duolingo offers you, you know, some vocabulary, you see something written, but you never really speak. So you need to, you need to make sure that the materials you are using are good for the goal you want to achieve. Right. There's also a difference between, it seems to me there's a, a sort of fundamental cat categorical difference between uh, material in the sense of language material, like, uh, you know, input. So, the, for example, a newspaper or, or a blog post or, you know, material to read or listen to and instructional material that, that is for teaching you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's easy for people to confuse the two because, you know, what's the difference between, for example, um, a newspaper article in Le Monde mm -hmm. and Duolingo. I mean, the fundamental difference is that one is content in the language and the other is actually trying to teach you the language. Right? It's like a methodology mm -hmm. that it's teaching, that, that it's yeah. taking you through. And um, I mean, certainly for me, and this is, this is obviously because, you know, after many years of, of experience doing this stuff, I, I have my own way of doing things. So personally, whenever I come across any resource that tries to actually tell me what to do mm -hmm. i say no way and i walk away i don't like that i don't want you to tell me what to do yeah know what to do i've got my own method what i want is actually the raw material the raw content in the language yeah and uh so that i can actually read and listen to it so that i can figure out you know what's going on and, and learn but i guess that's how i think about it but the, there is a problem though if you get someone who's new to language learning and they don't know what to do. They haven't found their way yet. And so for that person, the raw material is kind of a bit overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Whereas the course, the instructional stuff is pretty attractive because it offers some salvation. <laughs> it's yeah, like, this that, is what you're going to do. Yes, but that's the problem. It looks like it offers a solution, a salvation, but it doesn't really. And many people get discouraged after a few weeks because they've been doing Duolingo every day and it doesn't really get them far after a few weeks. And, and, and their conclusion is, okay, well, language learning is more difficult. It doesn't really work for me. Uh, that means I'm not talented, you know, and they go back to the old beliefs again. Um, so I absolutely agree with you. Uh, it's important, like, if you, if you give people good material and if you show them, like, how you can use this material in order to learn a the language, then that they can use almost any material out there. And this is exactly what I'm trying to, to teach people, to show them, oh, look, well, you have this text here and... What could you do with it? You know, you could take some vocabulary out of this. You could you could rewrite it. You could just play around with it a little bit. But of course, you need the material itself um, to to start with. Yeah. So, so what about language schools? Then? Or how do you how do you feel about how do language schools fit into this? Are you a language school? Like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. Um, about language? I'm not a language school. Although, if people ask me what I do, and I just need a one sentence explanation, I will say I'm kind of an online language school. But I always add, but people, I don't teach anyone, people learn by themselves, right? And this is very important to me. I think language schools are dangerous in the way that they give the wrong mindset to people. Um, if you want to learn a, not you, anyone, right? Anyone new to language learning. If, if someone wants to learn a new language, their most probable solution is to find a language school in the local area, find a good teacher, pay the teacher, pay the language school, 
and then that's it you know and this is i think a huge problem because if you think that was your part in this whole thing and you have now found the perfect teacher to teach you the language then i i, I say that the person is done before they even finished because the, it's not the teacher's role and it's not in their power to teach you the language they cannot as you say, like give you the content, right? Uh, they are like the Duolingo. They are like the method that seems to be teaching you. But in fact, you need to work with the material yourself. So I think that it can actually harm people if their only solution, if their only way to learn a language is to just sign up for a language course in a language school or in their company with their work or a university or whatever. If they expect the teacher to do the job, then it's just done. It's I, I believe it's impossible. Yeah, there is like an... an an unhealthy correlation between the or an unhealthy temptation or misapprehension that the way to learn a language is learned through transmitting knowledge that a teacher holds the knowledge of the language and the teacher will kind of will, will pass that knowledge to you and then you have that knowledge therefore you can speak and that's kind of the mentality that that a student often takes into a language school mm -hmm. is this idea that there is some kind of hidden knowledge or that that is only available in the mind of the teacher and by, by getting access to that teacher the teacher will, will tell me what it is so that I can learn um, and that's that's how every I mean to, I mean to be fair to teachers teachers always do their best and there are some incredible teachers out there sure but, you, but there's only so much you can do with a student who turns up and, and expects knowledge to be transferred in that way right yeah. whereas you know, even the, like the most enlightened teacher, whether in a language school or not, like they will they will realize that 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 their their main task is to get students to actually take ownership of the task of learning themselves, right? Almost to kind of flip the classroom on its head. Yeah, exactly. But then many people tell me when I have this discussion with them, they they will tell me, oh, but you know, you have homework, so homework is the solution. But I don't know how you feel about homework, but I I think this word. Has such a negative connotation with it like if you ask yeah. people what they don't like about language schools they will say like oh you know we have homework to do and they usually do the homework what like half an hour before the next lesson <laughs> yeah it doesn't yeah. make any sense or in, or in, Star yeah, in starbucks before, like 10 minutes before the lesson exactly yeah yeah well i think that that word homework i mean it, yeah, there's a lot of kind of connotations there on the bottom. i mean I, I see fundamentally the role of the teacher to be because the learning, the learning, the learning, any learning doesn't happen when you're in a classroom with a teacher and a bunch of students. Learning happens when you're by yourself and focused. Exactly. So I, I, I see the role, of the ultimate role of the teacher as to, uh, to be uh, empowering the student to go off and learn by themselves autonomously. So I, in an ideal situation, what would the, an ideal lesson look like? I mean, I, I use a lot of coaches for, like, for different things in, in, in my life. I have coaches. Mm -hmm. I have a Japanese coach right now, for example. Not a teacher, but a, but a coach. Mm -hmm. And the, the reason that I have that coach is because I don't trust myself to do the work I need to do on Japanese in my own time, right? Mm -hmm. So I have this coach, and what this person does is he, he, he kind of just checks in, and we talk about, right, what did you do last week? How was it? And what are we going to do this week to improve things? And the entire focus of the session is, right, when you leave and you're back in your own time, what are you going to do? So I, 
you know, it empowers me to take that responsibility. And I think the ultimate goal for any teacher is, is to do that because that's how they can, that's how the teacher is going to be able to produce the best results. Exactly. The, tr the trouble is that's not what the student's looking for. And the mm. student considers that to be homework, like the kind of peripheral thing that you do, whereas the class time is the main thing, right? It's a, it's a real, it's a, it's a, it's a, it comes from our educational system, you know, how, yes. how we are taught to think about languages. But the, this, this also has to do with the fact that when, when the teacher asks you to do most of the work outside of the lesson, you kind of think like, hey, but you, I'm paying you to do the job. Why should I do it yeah. by myself, right? Because exactly. you feel you, you're paying the teacher quite a lot, let's say, for the course. And, and, and we tend to think of it like, okay, so how many lessons with the teacher do I get for this amount of money? And, and people decide which course to take depending on, oh, but you have longer lessons with this teacher and this teacher is a native speaker, et cetera. So I think when people sign up for a language uh, school, a language class, they usually tend to think of the value of, of this course by spending time with the teacher because the teacher is imparting knowledge on you. And that's the whole problem. Yeah. Right? That, that's why, that's yeah. why we are getting to the, to, the, to the main point here that people can only learn language by themselves. As you said, when they spend concentrated time with it by themselves, and that's why I decided I cannot, I cannot keep uh, begging my students because I taught English for 10 years, right? But I always beg them, please do this in your free time. It will help you a lot. And then the students would always say like, yeah, yeah, we'll do, we'll do. Of course, of course. Yeah, oh, I should, I should, right? I will. And then the next lesson, it would be the same thing again. Like they, they, they kind of felt like they're doing me a favor if they do it. So I needed to turn this upside down and say, no, you're learning. I'm not paid to be teaching you, but I can help you on the way, right? On that note, that brings us to the end of part one. That's how would you uh, how would you summarize this in one sentence then, Lydia? I would say there's no such thing as teaching someone a language. You can only learn it by yourself. That doesn't bode well for my website, does it? I will teach you a language. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's... No, I Okay, just to, just to put it right, I'm not, I'm not against the, the concept of teaching, just the, the meaning of what teach means. Because I will, your, your website could be, I will teach you how to learn a language, but that would be too long, yeah, right? Too many words in that right. sentence. Yeah. So, no, I, I, like, I am not against teachers or teaching in general. I just think their role should change, as we've mentioned, because we have the internet and so many resources and possibilities. So yeah. um, it's just about the mindset. All right. That was part one of this conversation here with Lydia. Uh, we will see you in part two. Don't go anywhere. Can't wait. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a, a, a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free. And if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course. 